coming to you live from the grounds of the Le Domas family mansion. It's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and it is 11.55. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! <laughs> uh, joining me at the altar this evening for I'm the sacrifice in, that in the honour of Hail. <laughs> First, you got this bitch. Don't be a bitch, Chris. You got this bitch. It's Chris. Indeed. <laughs> and secondly, brown-haired co-host, you continue to exist. It's Andy. I don't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> On your face, there's brown hair. Uh, also, Chris famously doesn't have brown hair, so I couldn't make that be him. Uh, welcome to the 10 Point Podcast. Uh, you can find us everywhere. You get your podcasts, all the podcast apps ever in, in the world, ever. And you can find us on YouTube, where you can check us out on video, if that is your sort of thing. Please, thumbs up, like, rate, review, subscribe, all these sort of things, and everything that we do. We want the dockets. Whatever that is. And uh, <laughs> visit 10pointpodcast.com is your hub for all things 10 Point Podcast. And you can email us there with any ideas or opinions. And you can donate. There's a donate button over there if you want to send us any sort of funds, any sponsorship deals and all that. Email us over there as well. And on social media, you can talk, contact us. Facebook and on Twitter, 10 Point Podcast. That's all letters. No numbers there. 10 Point Podcast. Send us anything you want us to do, anything you want us to review. Because this episode here, this is a, a listener pick. Someone who is not one of the three of us selected this film. Uh, so it does happen. So if you send your one over to us, it can be added to our, I realise now, our wheel, wheel of films that we've not actually given an official catchy name to yet. Well, come up with a jingle. <laughs> or the wheel. I'll get Chris to sing one. Ah, ah, right. Yes. Okay. Yes, he's definitely the uh, the pop singer among us, I would say. Um, and yeah, so contact us. We want to hear from you. Uh, in the last week, have we been watching films and other things therein? Because I want to hear what you guys have got recommendation-wise. Chris, what have you seen in the last week? Uh, uh, quite, a, quite a week compared to last week. Uh, I only watched um, Get Out. It was on um, Film 4 the other night. Yeah, I'd never watch, seen it before. Did you watch it before or after you watched Ready or Not? Because I feel they're very similar. Um I would have been after. Right. Um, I was. Uh, I wasn't quite prepared for the the twist that was coming. I thought it was, you know, just like straight ahead. It's a family. It's a bunch of racists. I wasn't expecting the twist. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Uh, that's all I'll say. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's it's good. Yeah, I'd highly recommend it as well. Okay, yeah. so it's very very similar, especially if you watched Ready or Not. Uh, to to watch along with us, I'd recommend Get Out afterwards. It's a, it's yeah. a similar version if you if you like this. Uh, anything else? Or was that is that the no, other? just I, that. Uh, I'll go next, Andy. I'll, I'll wait for you at the end because no doubt you've got something sensational uh, to come up with this week. I don't know. It's smirking like he does. Uh, I watched two films and I've got something else to discuss. But so first of all, I watched The Sandlot, which is uh, it's on Disney Plus. I'm not sure if it is a Disney movie, but it's it's not. It's a live action kind of kids film sort of thing. But I heard it was quite good. Uh, on recommendation and I really really enjoy it it's, like, it's your typical 90s kids movie about a bunch of kids and they kind of play basketball uh, basketball basket hey. baseball. <laughs> they play baseball and get up to a whole bunch of uh, weird stuff and all that um, it's got a brilliant kind of cameo towards the end I don't know if the actor was advertised as being in it I won't spoil it if you don't know it but yeah I- I'm not sure I'm not sure if you're 
your your girls would like it, Chris, from what you've talked about what they do like, because it's very much a lads film about playing baseball right. and kids uh, in the neighbourhood and all that. But it was funny, and I think it's one of these ones that maybe our generation in America, it was a big influence on them, but because we're over in Britain and we don't like baseball and all that, it, it maybe, not, maybe not quite as good. But another film that we have definitely talked about, and I think Chris has watched it in terms of, since we started in the podcast, I watched Cocktail in the last week, the Tom Cruise film. <laughs> Did you know, I, I feel like you'd mentioned it to me. Maybe it was just because it did win the Razzie one year that we yeah. had um, covered. But it is by no means a good film, Cocktail. In fact, it's probably a bad film, but I found myself <laughs> really enjoying it. And it's like, I still think, like, Cocktail would be, I think it was the late 80s, like 88, 89 or something like that. So. Even looking back now, Tom Cruise still looks like he's an alien trying to learn how to be human <laughs> back then. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always been that way. It just it doesn't it just doesn't look like he knows how to be a human being. He's like, I can learn how to be a bartender and I can learn to do this and all, but he still doesn't look like a person. It, it's like it is like oh, some sort of um, invasion of the body snatcher situation. Cocktail <laughs> definitely give it a watch just out of I don't know to see what someone would get out of it because it's bad but it's also good at the same time and uh, it's a very strange one. But I was coming on the podcast this week. I was ready to do it. I was getting ready to say, who is watching What If, the new Marvel series, and yeah. why am I the only person that seems that doesn't like it? No, no, don't like it as well. But then episode three this week, I turned the corner <laughs> on it, and I thought episode three was a much better episode. And I think it's because they just generally kept everybody as who they are. And I like that. that they, I know who these characters are, and mm. they stay who they are. And it's a story about what would happen if something different happened, but it's the same people. But I feel like the first two were just unnecessary. It's like, yeah. you can see through it. It's like, they just want to sell a bunch of new toys with these people instead. It's like, oh, we'll make a T'Challa. He could be Star-Lord, and it changes everybody else into somebody else, and we can sell another dozen toys from this TV show. And it's just like... But episode three, I highly recommend, and it was a good Avengers-style one. And also, it went quickly, but the other ones, I felt like it was just bash, 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 here's info, 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 yep. non-stop. But episode three was way better. But yeah, I don't know how you guys feel uh, otherwise but what if yeah i didn't quite enjoy the first two episodes but i haven't seen the third one yet yeah i've seen the third one i'm still not a huge fan of it just give me fucking decent films exactly yeah. it feels like it's purely just everyone's like oh my god it's the best thing ever how great is it it's like oh, it's like a movie condensed down into like a quarter of the time it should be and oh it, it I just did my head in. so yeah i was coming <laughs> on really complaining about it but episode three is actually pretty good uh, and andy what have you watched in the last week well it's been two weeks since i've seen free guy and I still haven't been to the cinema because it's still such a good film. <laughs> no film will ever compare to it. It's uh, ruined all films for him. You sent us a rating that said it's the best film of all time or something in the last week. Didn't Pretty you? much. Yeah. <laughs> it, the, it literally is the best film of all time and it has the best five minutes in cinema history. So that's a big build up. Uh, however, I did watch some home home stuff. Uh, since Brendan Fraser's everywhere, I thought I'm going to pick out a Brendan Fraser classic. Um, Dudley Do Right. Right, okay. uh, uh, is he purely because, yeah, he's a mountain, but purely because oh, the nice. evil bad guy is, uh, what do you call him, that's playing Doc Ock in the new Spider-Man as well. Oh, Arthur and Molina. also played the old Spider-Man. Nice. But yeah, so I thought, that's a perfect film. Yeah, Dudley Do-Right still holds up, amazing. <laughs> and then, what else did I watch? There was something else I watched, and I cannot remember what it was. Oh, highly recommend, uh, what is it called? Playing God. It's Alan Tudyk trying to find God. Right, okay. Literally Absolute, trying to find him. He's literally trying to find the God. Right, okay. uh, not a film that 
would normally like be my kind of cup of tea, but Alan Tudyk carries the film and is amazing. Mm. <laughs> uh, since familiar, we uh, we did uh, Tucker and Dale, and he kind of carried that film as well, if I remember rightly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of uh, old Molina, I about three or four weeks ago, I had found my wits end with this Spider-Man trailer nonsense to the point where I unfollowed the topic Spider-Man and Marvel on Twitter <laughs> because I was sick of people moaning that they haven't had a trailer for a film that comes out at Christmas yet. And I was like, mm. who cares? It's a trailer for it. You're going to go see it anyway. You wouldn't be complaining otherwise. So yeah, it finally came around and I, I, was, I enjoyed the trailer. I'll say that. It's, yeah. uh, I hope they leave it at that one trailer though. If they'll start they'll bring like another they scene won't. and they'll just ruin the film. They're already that, kicking off that Tobey Maguire wasn't in it and Andrew Garfield. They're all kicking off. It's. Uh, I feel like I might step back and just like I'll. I know I'm going to see that film. I will not bother looking at anything else in relation to it now. But uh, yeah, I think we might as well mention the most most watched trailer of all time. On the, yeah, yeah. I think at this point it's approaching doing what Infinity War and Endgame had combined. I think as we're talking yep. at the moment. So we'll see if it see if it beats that in the end. That's because uh, it had everybody in it. It had Charlie Cox and everybody, all the little well, Easter eggs. And maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. I did. It did. I hope it does because he was fucking brilliant as Daredevil. He was. He was, on, yeah. he was on set, but then I think I feel like Marvel just hired everybody they've ever used and put them on set, just going, "Oh, paparazzi seen him on set." It's like, has he actually <laughs> filmed anything, or is he just sat and had a chat? I also don't know if I'm dumb that I didn't see it coming. That in the film where it's Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, or is it No Way Home? Is that what it's called? Yeah, um, No Way Home. That the main character would be off to see the wizard in that because <laughs> in the Wizard of Oz, there was no place like home and she had to try and find her way home. And I feel like it's just going to be the wizard. Marvel does the Wizard of Oz, I think is what this <laughs> film is going to be. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Strange looks like it's going to be a giant part of it. I thought it might seem it be a small mm. bit, but it looks like he's full on uh, in it. But anyway, that's months away. We'd better get on with uh, what we're supposed to be doing over the next 60 minutes or so. <laughs> um, point one on the podcast this week. What is the point? The point is the 2019 action comedy horror mystery thriller ready or not uh, that's lifted from imdb i don't know if it's quite as much a comedy and a and a, a mystery and all that sort of thing but uh, all those things came up in my research brought to us by fox searchlight pictures who we've only done once before and that was napoleon dynamite they made for us along with that myth- explains this film ah okay <laughs> along with mythology entertainment vincent sorry, vincent films and radio silence uh, we've not covered any of them before, but Radio Silence is also the name of the directing team who directed the film. They directed as Radio Silence in the past, uh, making such films as VHS, Southbound, which I've never heard of, Ready or Not is the next biggest one, and they are currently making Scream, the 2022 release. They are the directors behind that. That's Matt, one. Matt Bettinelli, Alpen, yes. and Tyler Gillett, or Gilly, I don't know. Hollywood run out of ideas, Chris. They are the ones behind it, and they are the directors of it, and the team that wrote this are Guy Busick and R. Christopher Murphy. Uh, Guy Busick is also writing the new Scream movie that's coming out next year. Uh, Between them, they are behind a film called Urge and the television series Castle Rock, uh, all before they made Ready or Not, and then Scream, which is not out yet. So the group of people behind this seem to work sort of as a squad, and they've uh, only done a, a few things recently that are their most memorable things. The film stars Samara Weaving, who I hadn't heard of until about three or four years ago, and then she was in every single film for about a two-month period <laughs> at one point. So her 
career highlights are Out of the Blue. She was a child actor in that, did most of that. Then 300 plus episodes of Home and Away. And then she did the Hollywood transfer and went three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. The Babysitter, Guns Akimbo, then Ready or Not. And since then, Bill and Ted Face the Music and Snake Eyes, which I don't know is out just yet. And you seem to be the kind of person that's been Hi, is out. It's out yet. So it has just come out. She is in Snake Eyes. Uh, any other Samara weaving? Are we, uh, any of those unmentioned or are we new to her when it comes to this? Maybe Sarah Guns Akimbo. That's my two. Oh, I thought you might have Ted. Yeah, yeah, I remember because she's uh, is it, she's Bill's daughter or something in that. Is that right? Or I've not seen it yet. Theodore Severance, isn't it? Right. Okay. There we go. Have uh, you not seen Bill and Ted? Bell End. <laughs> I wanted to watch the old ones again, and then, I never got into it. <laughs> I was talking to him. I wasn't yeah. talking to you. Uh, no, he's not seen it. Oh, it's fine. Bruce has not seen it, but I've not yeah, seen it. Bruce has seen anything. <laughs> I've seen the you first. You don't have a life. Anyway, Samara Weaving, I feel like when we were doing our ill-fated podcast, sorry, movie news podcast, she literally came up every week for about a two-month period. So we finally got one of her films. Co-starring with Samara Weaving, second in the credits, that's how we did it for this one, was Adam Brody. He's also the only person, well, one of the only people I recognise going into it. Adam Brody, famous for, certainly personally, being in the OC. He was Seth yep. in the OC, uh, a terrible but loved uh, TV show from my youth. Uh, followed up that with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Jennifer's Body, Scream 4, which I don't think is in very much, but the fact is in it, I thought I might as well mention Scream again. He was in four episodes of The League, which, again, I'd forgotten he was in The League, so I had to mention that. Then after Ready or Not, he was in Shazam and then Promising Young Woman in the last uh, six months, I think, whenever that came out. Adam Brody, is he, is he anybody but... Shazam. He's uh, one of the Shazams. I think, yeah, he's, oh, a, he's a hero, yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah, is he is he just is he just Seth on the OC? Or Seth, yeah. Yeah, I think he's Seth anyway. Uh, he was the co-star. Uh, he was second in the credits. I've not done Andy McDowell because uh, she wasn't particularly high up in the cast. On a budget of six million dollars, it opened in the US for eight million dollars. Ready or not, final US gross twenty nine million dollars worldwide. 57 and a half. It almost did half of its money abroad, half in the US exactly. Uh, so not a massive moneymaker, but profitable. Uh, released 21st of August 2019, I think makes it the newest film I've ever done, but it's very close between it and The Dead Don't Die. They're, uh, I can't remember exactly when Dead Don't Die came out, I forgot to actually look up the exact date, but uh, it's, it's close to being the newest film I've ever done. Coming out in 2019, it was eligible for awards season around that time, and it did win three awards. It had two wins at the Fright Meter Awards of 2019. That was Best Actress for Samara Weaving and the Screenplay. And it also won one award at the 2020 CAFTCAD, or C-A-F-T-C-A-D Awards. CAFTCAD might be easier. It won Best Costume Design in Film, brackets Contemporary Film. So it was costumes (laughs) were honoured there. Uh, and the oh, argues, argues there. I feel like we'll get more in depth into that later on. Uh, on to the film itself. Synopsis by our old favourite Nick. Nick has prepared a synopsis for us he here. He watches more films than we do. He does. <laughs> he does. He, every film I think we've gone to, Nick's been mentioned one or another. And again, I've not read this before, so this is immediately reading and, and speaking at once. After an elegant nuptial ceremony at the lavish manor of the uber-wealthy Le Domas clan, the gentle groom, Alex Le Domas, informs his blissful young bride, Grace, that the ceremony is far from over yet, and there's still a long night ahead of them. 
Before long, as part of a macabre, long-standing family tradition, Grace will have to play a seemingly innocent game and hide somewhere in the vast mansion's cavernous halls and labyrinthian corridors until dawn. He, he likes a word, doesn't he? He must write this with a thesaurus next to him. Now, whether Grace is ready or not, oh, he said the thing, the armed-to-the-teeth domasses, domasses are coming for her, and it's going to get ugly. Will the newlywed quarry survive the relentless onslaught of the nasty in-laws from hell? Question mark. At the end, that's what the film is about. Who picked it? If I remember correctly, it was our listener, Laura. Is that who it was that picked it? Uh, Rachel, wasn't it? Rachel. There we go. I remember both names have been flung around. So our <laughs> our listener, Rachel, selected this film. I believe we have no further uh, explanation you better on, listen to this. on why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she selected it for us. Am I right thinking nobody had seen it prior to this I'd movie? never seen it. Never even fucking heard of it. I'd seen the oh, poster... Oh. On on demand thing. Oh. Very few films that Andy's never seen. Exactly what I was thinking. Yes, this is. Uh, let's see how high it scores. Let's see. <laughs> he always says a first watch is always his highest rating. Andy says, so we'll see uh, how. I'm expecting this just to be a one. Gonna be a roller coaster. Okay, okay. Uh, does that mean for point two or high points, Andy? Do you want to start or do you want to go last when it comes to? High I do points? have a high point. Right, you start then. <laughs> so I generally 110% went into this blind. Like, found the film, didn't even read the little blurb at the side, didn't watch a trailer, just watched it. And I was, I was, I was enjoying it for the first 20, 30 minutes, up until like shit goes down. <laughs> right. <laughs> really, I'm yeah, the opposite. The wedding shit was. No, no, I was, like, I was like, what's going on? Like, what is this? Ooh, ooh, demons and shit. All right, all right. <laughs> Speaking of interest, all the way. It, it was ticking the boxes. Like, yep, yeah, okay. The, the only bit I was kind of struggling with was, which is, I'll say now because it kind of fits in, it was a low point as well, is I don't know what any of the character names were. There was no character building in that film at all. <laughs> but I'll, there was still minutes Grace was the yeah, one yeah. name I knew. I knew him, and then I worked out that it was Alex and Daniel. But I definitely got the names confused at one yep. point. I forgot which yeah. was which. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the surname is unnecessarily difficult. Uh, <laughs> I, had to, I had to write it down. I, I, can, I can't remember if, it's, if they're the Lidomasses or they're the Labels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so confusing. But thirty minutes of suspense build-up, I was appreciating. What's this going to be? Normally, sweet bragging about that. See that? I, love no, it. I was enjoying it, not knowing what was what I was getting myself into. And I was like, all right, is this a period wedding drama? No, no, okay, oh, some, oh. and I was it was piquing my interest. So they got a thumbs up for that bit. Uh, I don't think you I, better I, move I, on to somebody else's high points. Well, but see, in all honesty. <laughs> My first high point comes when, like, they're sitting around the table and the dad's explaining the history. Like, I have nothing before that that I was like, it's it's all, I I can't, I don't have an opinion on it. It was all just happening. Although, I do have a low point that comes early, but in terms of high first points. Like, my first, it's not really a high point, it's just uh, when, you've already mentioned it, is when the, gra- the aunt says brown-haired niece. Clearly doesn't give a shit about her family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought she in the beginning. I, I quite liked her as this quirky, weird character <laughs> that just appears in the room suddenly <laughs> as like you've got to do a better job of hiding. And he said, "Well, obviously we're not hiding." Um, but then we, the, kind of, the more we learned about her, the less I liked her. But in the beginning, I liked yeah. her as this kind of weird, quirky aunt uh, in the get go. Uh, but yeah, my, my first high point is the is them sitting around the table and it literally him laying out. It, it's it's. Yeah. He lays out the history of the game. Like I've got, it's a high point. They don't explain why anything happens, which will come up later. But him saying, 
my great uncle or great grandfather, whatever, was on a boat and found this and met this guy. And then as they pass it around the table and she's looking at it and giving it back and then they're putting it in another card and all that. So I like that scene of him. I thought it was a really mm. good scene for the for the dad. Uh, that's absolutely my first high point. But yeah, nothing listen before that really peaked. Yeah, like, what games did it actually have? Because the guy said he played Old Maid. And then the who was in a charity or whatever she's called said she played chess. Yes, so yeah. do they have like all the games that ever existed in that thing and she just have to pull it hide and seek? I'm assuming it'd be games that would have existed back in the whatever it was when the thing was set yeah. up. So it would be uh, basic. Near the end, there was a, like a cabinet of all the games and stuff like that. Yeah, because you've got to think that he would invent board games based on that and that would be kind of how his money comes around. Because there were, I believe, I read in the trivia that they... They invented something like 30 games as part of production. Like, here's 30 games that they could have made. And then the studio, whatever, had to say, oh, we can't copy that. That's too much like that. And they came up with, I think it was five ones in the end that were fake board games that they put into yeah. it. So maybe these are all versions that could possibly come out on the card. Um, Connect Four's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the game you'd hoped to come out if this was you? Yeah, I can't lose a Connect Four. It's possible. There you go. It's, it's, a, it's a partner. It's just like uh, knots and crosses. Like you, it is possible to never lose at knots and crosses. Because... Correct. I can either draw or never lose. Yeah, exactly. Connect four goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. I didn't actually think what would I have wanted to come out because yeah, I'm not especially good at many board games. Monopoly, Even like Monopoly. Yeah, I was gonna say Monopoly before this whole demon shit just gets people into a rage. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was. What uh, other part is like. It's obviously a point, but that charity went fucking feral, and she like had never done this before. She was like, "Oh, let's just grab a gun and go kill somebody." It seems like everyday power, you know. Yeah. Old, uh, old Fitch wasn't quite as taken to it. He knew he had to do it, but he was like, "Stop yeah. using character names. I don't know who it is." Uh, I still the, the, ball, the guy yeah. with the crossbow behind Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Ah, well, right. I, I should really point to get them for you. On the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's one, called right. he's called Chubbs in my head. Chubbs. <laughs> Chubbs. He seemed like he was. I'm here because I have to be. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. Some of them seem to be getting into it. Then there's the, I've the got, sister. I've got Chubbs. I've got the Western. I've got the Witch. I've got the Slapper. I've got the Old Hag. The drug addict <laughs> one. She was one, another one. She was yeah. like, uh, she seemed to really take to it because it is, I feel like she's just been born and raised playing. Not actually probably hearing about this game rather than playing it because obviously she, I don't think she was born when it was the last time it was played. Anyway, I'll go on to the high point rather than running through who the cast were. Um, uh, my next one is when... Um, the old lady's like, oh, she could be anywhere. And she just appears behind them. And you're like, <laughs> yes. nice, yeah. found her. <laughs> it was listed as a comedy. And I feel like it's meant to be funny. But that was one of the few actual laughs I got. Like, I didn't find myself <laughs> laughing too much at it. But that was definitely a funny bit that I uh, I laughed at loud of. Especially because she gets to the car. It's like, go to the kitchen. And he goes, and there's two doors. So she just lets out an F-bomb. And you're like, oh, uh, what's she going to do? And then the next scene, she just comes walking into the middle of the night. <laughs> the way she does that, is, I thought, she does it again. She's just like standing going, Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And carries on. It's very relatable. I think that's exactly what yeah. I'd be like in the situation. Uh, my next high point was just before that. Because at this point, my low points are filling up with questions. Like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? This? Why? But then there's the one scene where... Now, it's Alex as her husband, isn't it? So Alex and her are in the corridor thing. And he's pretty much saying, we can't not play because my granddad or whatever died this and my great-uncle Stevie did this. And all listing off all the people who didn't play or did something different and all that. And that's why... Because pretty much at the beginning, I was like, just don't play the game. Like, but yeah, yeah. You, 
everybody dies if you don't play, play sort of thing, or those who don't play die. Uh, so I liked them having that in there at that point, because at that point I was really getting annoyed that like, you should just never have done this in the first place. So that was well-timed. Uh, I really kept in. asking the question I was going to ask is, why can you not have just used one of the people that died? <laughs> that I, like, no, I had to be the bride. I was like, well, just put a dress in her. There you go, he's not getting no. Problem solved. <laughs> oh, no. My next high point was the, the, the crossbow to the mouse throat head, <laughs> which is it's blatantly obvious. As soon as she gets the weapon after just already making an arse of it and the person walks in, you know she's dying. But then I, for this is like the second time in, in 20 minutes, uh, can we use that her instead? was a fucking monster. <laughs> I'm just like, no, why does everyone keep asking that? It has to be the right one. Um, and then, of course, she's not dead yet and they have to finish her off with the, the giant axe <laughs> that she has as well. Uh, but yeah, I, some of these people were really going for they, they were like They've been waiting for this day. You can tell yeah. something. We're really excited. So my, oh, I do have another high point, and it's when Chubbs is looking at his uh, YouTube video on how to use a crossbow. Because <laughs> uh, that's totally something I would do. It's like, I don't actually know how to use this weapon. YouTube it. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that, because yeah. that's definitely coming up in my, my notes later on, Andy. So yeah, I'm glad. Me too. <laughs> All right, on you go. Well, I was going to say, it's like not long after that, is he's looking at the video. No, he's texting his mate, and you just see this white boy go <laughs> behind him. Yeah. And then it, it's long enough as well that, like, in, in most films, they would just pop up immediately and start running about. But <laughs> he stays down for a while, so he just goes back to what he's doing, and then she pops up behind him and runs away. Um, speaking of the white, though, my next high point is just her look. It's a, a really good look for a hero in a film. Like it, I will remember, oh, this is the film where she's in that particular wedding dress, which is quite a unique look to me. I don't know, I don't look at wedding dresses that often. Uh, I'm not hiding out like where Andy is with all selection of them. <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> in the closet uh, but that and then with the yellow converses and then like yeah. what we find out is fake shotgun bullets uh, or shells across her. I thought it was a really good look for a hero very it sounds obviously a bit literal but very like the bride from Kill Bill uh, but I'll, I'll remember her from this film looking like that yeah yeah I did write reading the trivia that they were unable to buy converses in that style because converse stopped making that color so they had to buy i think it was white ones and paint them yellow because they wanted specifically yellow converse trainers and they could buy them anywhere just, Why? just like, wear um, white and make them red <laughs> and blood <laughs> well, yeah exactly uh, i've got uh, a couple more high points so if you will a few more come out i thought you might be all right oh actually i'll do have one i'll do it i'm going to skip i'm going to do a critical right to the end when they all die well, the ending, yeah, it's definitely a high point. It, it, it's probably the high point, is <laughs> the very end. Uh, it's always well, good when... Well, on you go. No, I was going to say, it's just when they're like, she opens the curtains, and just, it was like, ah, the light! The light, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, maybe we were wrong, and then poof! It starts I, blown up. I do like a, a film where it's there's this curse over everything we cannot do this because the bad thing will happen and then it turns out the bad thing actually does happen because quite often it's, <laughs> it's faked out in most most films so it's like oh yeah that that wasn't the case we've saved the day this is no that that has been what you've been doing this entire time but yeah the, the finale with each one of them in turn popping and then <laughs> the, the 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 one with the kids running out the door <laughs> and <then> just <laughs> pop, 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 <laughs> splash of blood comes back in the door again uh, uh, that was pretty funny uh, before getting to the end, I had two others. Uh, one is immediately before that. Gracie's kind of, I put it as rampage because I thought she was actually killing them off at this point, but she was just, she killed the mum, but everybody else just kind of injured. But when she finally starts properly fighting back and brutalising some of them, it was a good bit. But the other bit that would contend for that best bit of the film for me is the kitchen scene 
where the butler guy is making I don't know, tea or whatever, and she's hiding behind the and hiding behind the counter, and as he comes round, she goes round, and then all of a sudden it starts going, oh la 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 la, no, no, and then she starts loading the gun, and oh, that that whole scene playing out uh, was a really really good scene. Um, he entertained me, the butler. I'm not sure if he was good or not, but he certainly I enjoyed him being in the film, and his desire to FaceTime every single phone call <laughs> he ever made was made purely just so they could see her sneaking in the background of that one scene. But yeah, yeah he, he was he had a unique charisma, did the old butler. Yeah, um, any others, Chris? I've got the the nail going through the hole in my hand thing. Like when she was done out, and you see the nail, you're like, oh, you can see this coming a mile away, but it's still kind of when it happens, you're like, Ugh! I I had specifically not mentioned that because I have that between high points and low points is the the hand slash nail scene because while I I like it and I appreciate it and it's amazing and it's immensely well done and like you say you know it's coming from the second the nail is established in the shot yeah it's like it just oh, just not, makes me feel horrible on the inside when it happens to be fair I thought she was gonna be left hanging with that one hand yeah <laughs> but I'm kind of glad it didn't. Um, I mentioned the end bit, but my next one is Alex turning heel on Grace. It was a good heel turn. Yeah, I was like, the image of him seeing like the love is like just beating the holy shit out of his mum, despite the fact you just said I forgot to choose between you and Grace. I'm going to pick Grace. Clearly, he was talking shit. Oh. And you still think like he's at that point? Oh, he choose between himself and her. At that point, essentially, mm. he realised that oh, this might actually be my death here. So. Uh... Uh, but um, I still think like he still think he's going to comfort her, but then he just goes boom, just grabs her and like calls her up to him. And then to be fair, I would have been Phil Hulk if I saw a Nicola beating the shit with my mum. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a uh, it was a good field turn. Let's go waste hands. It was very good. <laughs> oh, I do have one more high point. All right, we'll finish on Andy's last high point then. It's got a lot of goats in it. It does have a lot of goats in it. Uh, again, yeah, that's uh, my first low point, fucking goats. <laughs> All right, then, okay, we'll go straight on to it. You guys can debate goats. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> what? Yeah, hey, Black Phillip's back. Black Phillip is oh, back. yeah. Oh, right, I never noticed a t-shirt. I was wondering what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, she's calling around and this goat just tries to headbutt her. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> the, uh, the trivia says they wanted to use a, a dummy goat for that scene. They did one take with this fake goat, thought it looked horrible, and then went to the goat wranglers and they, they worked something out so they were able to do what they did. But yeah, apparently <laughs> this big teddy bear goat or it was knocking around <laughs> the hole initially. But uh, no, I must say I got excited when the because I still at that point, it's halfway through, I'm like, is this actually the devil and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. And then goats, and I'm like, it's the devil. Andy, Andy <laughs> taught me, if I see a goat, it's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing, it just kept me going. It's like, I want to see the like, more supernatural shit, which is like my first major low point. It's like I said, I, I liked the build up to the thing. I liked the car stuff. But then, like you said, when he's explaining it, he's explained it supernaturally, and it's like he's made a deal. But that's as far as he goes ever. It doesn't really explain who it is or what Brody actually sees. Is it Brody? Whatever. The other dude seen the kid <laughs> to the start. Oh, right, yeah. Alex, uh, Saul. Alex yeah. Saul. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was he like the devil? Was it like, it didn't explain anything. I wanted more. I do feel it. Like more supernatural shit. One of my low points is that, that they actually don't really even explain how and why. Like at one point, the dad starts shouting at a painting, which is presumably of 
the guy who did the deal with the possible devil in the first place. Mm. Just saying, why did you include this clause and all that sort of stuff? It's like, I know all we know is he met the guy, he played the game, and then he won at the game, or he had to open the box or some crap like that. And then there's like a massive jump, and it's all of a sudden you're playing the supernatural game, which is one of my major low points. Is why is hide and seek specifically? The violent the bad one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought like yeah. maybe every game would have like a violent twist to it. Yeah. Like, no, it doesn't seem that. It's just like just normal games. At one point, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's the one bad one, and it's like, yeah. But that's also a kids' game. Why not call it like murder kill game or something like that, <laughs> or kill the bride game or something like that? It's why is it still hide and seek? <laughs> also, like that brings up a point. The the old lady said it has to be the bride. She was the bride, and right. she never got killed. Yeah, it's going to be the other. Yeah, in the context, in. it'll be whoever the person coming into the family, I guess. Yeah. yeah. In this instance, it's the bride. Yeah, I'm assuming. I don't know. I was just nitpicking. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That's what, that's what low points is about. We've actually we've passed by one of my low points, which is I'm no expert, but don't they do the wedding in the wrong order? Like everything yes. at the wedding is wrong. Like, I've never seen photographs get take, done first before the ceremony. It starts with the groom walking in to where the bride is in her wedding dress, which I know is bad luck, which straight away you're like, oh, this is a bad idea. And then, yeah, photographs beforehand, and all this, and then the last thing is they get married. <laughs> Just like, there you go, tips for you, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Do it in the right order. Do it in the right order, or you don't know what could happen. Yeah, don't uh, play games. <laughs> uh, anyone else got a low point? I've got a couple more. Uh, it's not really a low point, but like, when like the shit starts going south, why would you not just pick up a brick, smash it, or something hard, smash a window, then just run? Instead of, you know, hiding. I well, can't imagine the windows will be reinforced. We've had many debates in the past about when films are actually happening. But this one, it's the 80s was the other one, and this is now years later, she would have a phone. <laughs> yep. She mm. could just go to her phone and phone somebody on but not at any point is a telephone it's one of these films that's set in the modern day but they just kind of ignore that the telephone oh, Finch used one well, exactly. he was yeah, he was yeah, yeah so why didn't she ever at any point I'll go to where my suitcase is and I'll get my phone or whatever I thought her phone was taken off of her and taken, put somewhere could have been but but I, I, don't I don't know if that was mentioned maybe I'm just making shit up now yeah, <laughs> making shit up I don't remember happening yeah. in the film necessarily but yeah. that's really um, close some plot holes if you actually did put this in yeah so my, my other low point, like Chris has kind of segued me into, is the fact is that's a massive house with massive amounts of tunnels. They spend all the five minutes in it, and then suddenly she's outside and miles away from the old house. It's like keep it in the house. I want to like you're going to do hiding with seek. She's breaking all the rules of hiding with seek here. <laughs> you always establish your perimeter, and then the whole <laughs> thing with hiding with seek is there is a way to win. Yeah, which is always you have a den. You got to get to the den before the embrace finds you. Straight away, I, I, I say I drew that card, and it's hide and seek. All right, well, who's well? Everybody is going to seek you. And I was like, no, that, that's the opposite of hide and seek, is it not? Yeah. You don't you start with one seeker, right? Yeah, exactly. Straight away, I'm like, no, hang on, wait, really? <laughs> like you all know this house, and you're all looking for me. Like you just say, it's a bit unfair. But yeah, you're right. It's it's. It, why call it hide and seek? It should be it's called. Yeah, it's don't use the house as right. my actual major gripe. <laughs> Yeah, need to use the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a fair point. Speaking of which, I'll, I'll I'll mention this at this point. The parents give charity. Uh, that's the the woman who wants to do all the killing. Yeah. To watch the door that the groom is in, the watch that door, 
knowing that he will try and help his new bride. <laughs> but it's their house. Do they either completely forget or not know that there's secret tunnels all around their <laughs> own house? Because they've told her, watch that one door. There's no way he can get out of that room unless he comes out that one door. And then before she even sets up camp, he's gone down a secret tunnel. Now that you mentioned it, like she's watching the door and he goes through a door which is not very far away from that main door. He would have came out onto that hallway. <laughs> You'd think so, but I think that the hidden doors have hidden corridors, don't they? So I think oh, I he know. must have it's... gone down like where that corridor goes, but on the outside of it, I think, maybe. But yeah, yeah I've it, only got... It, it... Sorry. <laughs> I was say, I've only got one more low point and that was uh, how the fuck did live the, the butcher... The butcher? The, bill, the butcher. <laughs> butler... I can't talk... <laughs> Well, one bear's going straight to my head. Uh, the butler catch up to Grace when she's in the car, and she's driven quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's proper Michael Myers style, which I think uh, yeah. the whole thing is all about how you have to be family, 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 this, family, that. But the the butler guy seems to be lumped in, so I think there's something yep. supernatural about him as well, because he he's part of the deal. Yeah, he's 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 come he's come with the box. I think I think he came <laughs> along with it. But yeah, he's maybe the referee. He's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, a, a valid point, unless he, yeah, he also just appeared. A, a like you said, like Michael Myers, just to keep out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Andy, did you say you had one major low point? Or was that you? Nah, that was oh, you. was a low point. Uh, the last low, my last low point is just Andy McDowell. She's never good at anything she's ever mm-hmm. in. She's, like, she's <laughs> actually forcing out the words. She's like, like, I, I don't know how to... But the Tom Cruise about her, she's trying to pretend to be an actual human being. But she's not in it that much, but I just... Thankfully. I did laugh pretty much every second sentence she tried to say. <laughs> I've uh, not got a low point, it's a question. See, since she's just married into the family and they're now all dead, does she now inherit all of their money and stuff? Technically, because, I, literally I've written after our, our little highs and lows, what happens to Grace now? So, yeah. like, that's a valid Or is she appear in jail for killing everybody? Because I think she's going to do really, really well to get out of this without some sort of criminal conviction here. Because the entire family is dead or <laughs> missing at best and the house is burning and she's there on her own it's like, and she's going to inherit that curse now as well the box because she's part of the family now I, I, I think it was a bit of a kind of i don't know the devil and her at the end was a bit of a yeah. congratulations you beat my game <laughs> that was the second one fuck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> away. yeah. so I, th- I think the devil and her i think they are square i don't think she's got yeah. to worry about him anymore but it's more like is she going to get arrested how is she going to if she tells the truth, will it be good or bad for her if she tells the truth? And well, also, she's tell them all about the bodies because a lot of those bodies have been there longer than she's been alive. Well, that's a fair point. She really got out of it saying that. Like they were, they were killers. They tried to kill me. I've set fire to the building to escape. And then I'm guaranteeing she's going on the honeymoon on her own, and she is just like relaxing away from everybody for a while. <laughs> anything to do with anyone? I really thought her being a foster kid was going to come back into it again, but it was more. Uh, like, yeah. Or that she just wanted a family more than anything was all that really meant. So that she didn't have any of her family there. Exactly, yeah. Um, but I thought it was going to be really important, but it never was. Uh, I guess I'll speak on with the stats, I would say. Point four on the podcast, our statistics. 24 shits, quite a lot, <laughs> compared to the F-bombs. 46 F-bombs. The internet tried to tell me it was 69, which I may have missed nice. a few. There were some really bad scenes. <laughs> like, when she doesn't get the passerby helping her with the car. She oh, yeah. 
nice long laden rant at the the rich person in the car but yeah <laughs> somewhere in the 50 mark uh, for f-bombs explosions eight because i did in fact count human beings exploding in this one because <laughs> uh, like they were definitely an explosion so eight explosions 15 deaths in total uh, and our 10 point podcast quotas have grown in this episode um was there a dead animal? Yes, there was. Because there were goats, which is another thing that always turns up. So there were goats in this episode. The devil, he showed up. because the devil <laughs> were always... dead, though, the animals. There was a dead goat down in the... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the sacrifice goat. No, no, you're right. Correct. Uh, the devil showed up, which he does in every second or third film that we do. <laughs> uh, nobody went number one or number two that I could tell. Fitch, oh, they Fitch definitely Fitch. shot themselves. Well, <laughs> okay. In the end. One uh, of them definitely uh, fall through. <laughs> said he had tummy trouble, but I think he just wanted to go watch his YouTube video, so he didn't actually go. No one seemed to be a paedophile in the film. Uh, we got away with that one. Uh, I think that's all the quotas. Uh, did they say the thing? Did they say ready or not in ready or not? Uh, in the song, they in did. The song. In the song, they did. This, when the song plays at the end, when kind of the warp just starts playing, I made sure to listen. The entire song plays, and it stops before the ready or not bit at the very end. <laughs> so only plays once. However, I did my my due diligence this time, like Andy tells us off we're not doing. At the very end of the credits, someone says, ready or not, here I come. Uh, oh, so I didn't have much credits this time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, very la- the credits run, and the very last thing, as I think was off, it's kind of, it's sort of kind of creepy warbled in the background. It's ready or not, here I come. So I think it's the bit oh, from the end of the song. I need to add another high point, because I forgot. That song's a banger, by the way. <laughs> it's it getting nominated, don't you worry. Yes, the ready or not song is amazing. <laughs> Uh, it was really good. Uh, any other stats, Chris? Uh, yeah, Grace hid seven times. Like, no, sorry, Grace hid six times and Daniel hid once at the start. Because I also she gets seen, then she runs and she hides again. So that's how I was doing it. I was, I, I had no idea what the extra thing. Because I don't know a film or don't know much about the film. It's hard for me to judge something extra that I'm going to count. Then the film started and immediately it was candles. And I thought, oh, I could count candles, but I've no idea what it's going to be like. I did bother in the end. But in reading, in reading the trivia, one of the trivia notes was the production only had five candelabras. So they had to take the same five and just yeah. put them in every single scene. <laughs> <laughs> room to room whenever they started filming somewhere. So technically there were five candles. So I don't know if you want to put it that way. Uh, Andy, do you have a most pornographic scene from the film? Right. Basically, the short answer is no, because right. there was nothing that really, it really excited me. However, there is a scene that I can't watch, and it's so disgusting that it's almost verging on, like, I'm sure there's people out there would think it's pornographic. Absolutely. And it's the scene where she's squeezing through the fence, and, like, the uh, cuts get bigger. Yeah. Oh, yep. uh, yeah. Like, it's horrendously hard <laughs> to watch, but it's so well done at the same time. But it didn't look fake, and it just looked so real that I couldn't watch it. It was disgusting. I was thinking to myself when it was happening, I was like, I don't think I could do that. But then I thought, no, nah, I could face with the opposite, which is whatever the hell is going on behind me. I think I would force myself through the thing. I could do it if I wasn't looking at my own cut open or not, but she did it so slow. It's like, ah, no, you bet. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Get I, out of I, there. At the time, I was sure that was going to be the butler driving up to her. I thought it was going to be, yes. she's finally escaped and immediately, right, come back. <laughs> on you go, we'll go back to where you came from. So I was glad it wasn't. Uh, we've got on to point five on the podcast. It's the ten point podcast quiz. Uh, oh, this is fucked. Chris is streaking through the season, so I'm going to say Andy should go first because there is one really easy question on this, and that would be that pattern. We give that to Andy, and I'll give Andy a free. Point. And I'll still get it wrong because I'm not paying any attention to this film. 
All right. Okay, we'll, we'll crack on. I've only got eight questions, so we should fly through it. So, Andy, question number YouTube. one. For you. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that we see in the tar film is a LaBelle's Gambit sign. It's not, I thought it was a game box, but actually a sign for it. LaBelle's Gambit. Can you fill in the blank from the sign? Take a blank, gain the advantage. Hard. <laughs> Hard, gain the advantage. Uh, no, it was risk, was what it was. Take oh, a risk. Good guess. I would have guessed card as well. Uh, uh, I thought it's a board game. I thought it was quite funny that the answer was oh. a board game name. So, incorrect for that one there. Chris, the events at the start of the film that I just talked about take place how long before the rest of the film? 30 years. It's indeed 30 years. Right. Chris is one. Move on. Uh, on to Andy's easy question. Oh, God. What time does the game start? Midnight. It does. There we go. So yeah. <laughs> I was going to say 11.55. That's when they started talking that's they, about that's it. That's when they gather, yes. But the game has to start at midnight. Uh, yeah. Okay, Chris's second question. What is the family business called? Oh, fuck. Uh, the Le Domas something or others? Board games? I don't know. Almost. The Le Domas Family Games is the name of the oh. company. Uh, not the easiest one there. Andy, in the crossbow instructional video, what costume was one of the hosts dressed in? A deer. <laughs> no, he wasn't dressed as a deer. Uh, a lumberjack? It was, it was Robin Hood. Uh, the, oh. On the left. Uh, I'm going to cut a point nation I got there. It's one, still 1-1, one, one, I think, at this point. Uh, so, Chris, to take the lead, Daniel retrieved a bottle of which alcoholic drink from the snooker table? Ah, oh, fuck those aviation. No, I was uh, fuck aviation gin there. Go, I don't even know what it was. Uh, it was not. Jack it Daniels. Was, it was wild turkey. It was what he was drinking. Ah, uh, seems extremely simple. Uh, right, so you got one question each. If anyone gets a question right, they're essentially winning here. But I do have a tiebreaker. Andy, the third maid to die isn't really a maid at all. Can you tell me why she was hired? Prostitute. <laughs> Banson. Not directly, I don't think. Uh, if you give me a bit more information, I might be able to give you to the give you a point. Uh, Childminder. Nah, uh, Mr. Lodomas likes the way that she dances. That's a half a point right there. <laughs> well, we'll see if Chris gets his half a point anyway. Oh, so, Chris, uh, to win the quiz, what was the name of the person from Tripsafe who Grace called from the car? Jonah? Oh, very close. Justin. Uh, uh, so we're tied at 1-1. I'm not giving Andy a half point for his, just so I've got a tiebreaker <laughs> question here. I'll go to Andy first for the tiebreaker, though. Unless you want to go second. So it's a number second. one. Go second. Right, Chris. How many times does the word run appear in the hide-and-seek song? Uh, 22. <laughs> Chris, I said 22, Andy. What is your guess for how many times it appears? 21. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Andy is the winner. He is the closest. It was 13 times. It goes oh, yeah. Times and I thought, no, I'll go up. <laughs> I won a quiz. Andy won the quiz. There we go. A very hard quiz because, like I say, it was either hard questions or literally what happened. You still winner won it because I was, just, I was going to say 15. You just said 14. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was. I, I looked at that. I was like, what, no, what word appears the most often? Because it's not hide. It's not seek. It's not ready. It's not that. A lot of running in it. So I'll go for that. Uh, success for Andy. Right, Andy's on the board when it comes to season four quiz. <laughs> yeah. 
Right, cracking on. Point number six on the podcast. Movies within movies. I think we all know how this works at this point. Movies that I could see in this film was Saw, because would you like to play a game and all that? Get Out. I had written before Chris mentioned it. This reminds me of Get Out a hell of a lot. I've got Death Becomes Her slash Shaun of the Dead, which is when she has the hole in her hand and she kind of moves her hand and you can see. Like, you can see. I think it's another film where you can see through, but I can't remember what the film is. Um, Kung Pao. He has his stomach powerful. There you go. It could be that. I, I think I remember that, but it's, again, it's not that. There is another <laughs> film. Uh, v for Vendetta, which is whenever I hear that massive classical music that he was playing in the car, always oh. makes you think of V for Vendetta. And then Django Unchained, just the, the lovely big mansion being splattered in blood at the end, made me think of Django Unchained. And finally, what's never not good that was in this film? I struggled with this in a wee bit, but I'll what's never not one. good? Spontaneous human explosion is never not good. If a human being just out of nowhere is like, oh, oh, bang, it always amuses me. I went for kids getting punched. <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> that is not good, actually, yeah. It reminded me of uh, Always Sunny Philadelphia when Mac and Charlie just beating his shit with his kids. It was fucking <laughs> yeah. hilarious. That is funny. Is it, is step, did they ever fight back in Step Brothers when they get bullied by the kids and that? I feel like there might be a scene where they, they we fight don't, back. We don't condone being up kids. We don't. No, it's just it, funny watching it happen. Humorous comedy, comedy settings, yes. Uh, on to Chris, officially then, what have you got for us on movies or movies? Um, as for people being in the movies, nobody as far as I can tell. I only no. did the, the main Ladomas family. Yeah, I went, I went through absolutely everybody I could possibly think of and that nobody was... Nobody no. was Good. I'm actually doing my job. Change. I've got goats. One of the goats might have been Black Phillip. <laughs> or well, I'm Black Black Phillip. So. Uh, as for us, I'm Fitch. Because, like I just said, I use YouTube videos to learn everything. Like I built a deck by using a YouTube video. Um, I put Andrew as Alex because he's getting married soon. And I could see him trying to sacrifice Chantel. <laughs> and, uh, I struggled with Bruce, but I put you as Daniel, the rebel, just because you play the game by, by your own rules. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I really struggled for you. Was either that or Mr. Domas? I, I kind of struggled with some full stop. So, because you've both mentioned I went for Andy as Fitch because I do know that Andy has learned every skill he ever had <laughs> from watching a YouTube video on it. Like, everything ever that comes up, he's yep. like, oh, I watched a YouTube video on it and now I'm proficient in it. So, that has to be Andy. <laughs> I don't know you did it as well, Chris, but I know Andy did it. I made you Daniel, Chris, because of, well, he, he drinks quite a lot, and I've only got this podcast, you're nearly always drinking, so as far as the 10-point <laughs> podcast listeners know, it's my you're, spinach. <laughs> you're always boozing, <laughs> so you had to be Daniel. I asked me myself, either the dad or the devil, just whoever's game we're all playing, I feel like that's probably who I'd be in the situation, but yeah, very difficult um, for that one. Uh, Andy, what have you got in terms of movies and movies? Well, I've decided to make this, because the film is lacking comedy. So I reckon you take Samara Weaving's character out of this one and you drop her Bill and Ted one right into it. <laughs> so that she basically is just a one-man Ted. Or Bill, whatever one is. <laughs> one woman, I guess, as well. Yeah, um, one, woman, one woman. I think it would be hilarious. Just her place, basically playing a stoner rocker. Brilliant. Would she... Again, I've not seen... I don't know what she's particularly like in the film. Would she be eliminated straight away or would she do just as well if she was that character? I reckon she'd do pretty well. Right, like, accidentally you. well, but she would do pretty well. It would be full on slapstick. Like they would be trying to yeah. shoot the costume, she would duck and it would go over yeah. and all that. Okay. Uh, that's a good idea. I think that's movies and movies done. Don't think we've missed anything. So we better crack on with point seven. Point seven of season four is Andy's trigger warning. You've all been warned. You enter here. Right. So last week we had the Taliban. We've moved on from that. <laughs> now we're going to bring up the occult. Ah. Right. You don't. You don't see the occult enough these days. Like. You don't really I see, I see them, like 
Well, I feel like they've got a place like, like in in, in my little town here. Uh, we've got a, like a shop. It's like a crystal shop, and it does like weird shit. And they gave us a pamphlet, and it literally has like witchcraft and stuff like that, like twenty five pound an hour to learn witchcraft. I just think you don't see that enough in high streets these days. I feel like it. <laughs> like in today's day and age, everybody is like everybody can be who and even whatever they want. Yeah. It's like are, are like Satan worshippers still frowned upon? Like is it still like? But I feel like nowadays it's like everyone's the whole snowflake cancel this sort of stuff. Yeah. Like you cannot tell me who I should and should not. I, I can worship whoever I want. You yeah, can't exactly, do anything yeah. about it. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I was gonna get. That's literally you guys spun it to where I was gonna go because like I watched a lot of Zach Bacon shit and all that. You know, ghost hunters and ghost adventures. People are allowed their own opinion, but if a snowflake came up to me and said, oh, "All right, what are you into?" It's like, "Ah, oh, Satan." <laughs> they were oh, you can't do that. It's like, don't you fucking tell me what I can and can't do. Yeah. <laughs> a vegan sausage roll, you prick. <laughs> you know what I mean? They would I get slammed. Like, I didn't realise it was vegans that were anti-Satan. I <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I, just, I just feel like the occult and Satan worshippers, devil worshippers and all that, they're still keeping themselves to themselves. They're not on Facebook and moaning on, like, every single thing that posts well, COVID's fake because the devil said so. All these Jesus worshippers, they get so much coverage, no one thinks about the <laughs> Satan worshippers. Exactly. <laughs> so I just feel like, maybe maybe Satan worshippers, they're called, maybe a wee, wee revival here. Yeah. Got a fly in the wall documentary about them. That was it. <laughs> Netflix to do a, a, a documentary on them. Yeah. Where are the Satan worshippers these days? What are they up to? Worshipping yeah. Satan. Because with point seven, we never know what Andy's going to hit out with. Uh, typically, uh, what I did, I did come up watching the film made me think. Point seven last season used to be Andy's hypotheticals, so I thought this film quite clearly, quite blatantly provides a hypothetical yeah. question that we have to face Andy with here, which is, Andy, you're getting married quite soon. Do you kill your new bride or your whole family, including yourself, given the choice? <laughs> bride. Right. Okay, so she's she's done for, is she? Yeah. <laughs> Chris right. would say the same thing. I probably would, actually. <laughs> but he's got to work because he's got three kids. So you've just killed yeah. three kids and your wife. That's it, I think, yeah. yeah. No. Uh... <laughs> uh, no just nah. the, month, the kids would still survive. They wouldn't blow up. Yeah, you'd have to kill the bride to save everybody else, yeah. But then, ah, right. Yeah. Ah, so you're fine, you're fine. Yeah. Kill Nicholas. Not even hesitation on that, on hypothetical. Uh, on to point eight, then. we better get on to it. The nominations for the pointy awards at the end of the season. Uh, I'll, I'll run through mine first. Nothing massively jumped out at me, but I've got a few written down. So the best song, Hide and Seek. I think that's already Aye. mentioned. It was a bit of a banger. Some of the, the Love Me Tender cover at the end was quite good, but I think Hide and Seek probably Oh, yeah. Samara Weaving. Her Australian snuck in two or three times, but I thought she was pretty good throughout, and she got me behind her. Like I was like, "Yes, I want you. I want you to win." However, you get through. And I, I, all I, think, I can think of her is just like Agent Smith from The Matrix. Every time, I'm just like, just because oh, that I mean, look, like, just <laughs> just every now and then, does does the look? It's like, ah, yeah, you're definitely your dad's daughter. Um, so yeah, I, I think she does. I think she was really good in it. I, I, I see. Uh, Andy McDowell has to be worst acting. I'm definitely not getting her. <laughs> she was dreadful. Yeah, uh, best. That. I think Chris renamed our best costume to best fashion item, because that's what I've written down here. The best fashion item, yellow converses with a wedding dress, uh, is a pretty damn good look. Best death, the entire exploding family has to be best death, really. 
in terms of other nominations, worst father figure is Mr. Lodomas a bad father figure? Because I feel like he's, he is kind of keeping the family alive, and it wasn't his fault yeah. that they all got cursed in the He inherited the curse. Yeah, so I don't know. I've got him as worst father figure, but in some ways he was, he was pretty good. He's the best dad, to be honest. He's keeping him alive. There we go. Right, I'll eliminate him. Oh, he's no longer. <laughs> Keep him as much that if you want. <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to float the idea. Uh, and then the, the Superstar Template Podcast Awards. Best Inanimate Object, that little game box thing has to be nominated, <laughs> I think. Best Twist, I've got Alex's heel turn as Best Twist. I thought it was yep. pretty good. And then Worst Plan, I think. At some point or another, Alex thought that both him and Grace were going to survive and live happily ever after. I'm not sure what his plan would be in a situation because it's like they have to kill her or he explodes. So I'm not sure, like once the hide and seek comes out, he must have had some sort of plan and I don't know what it was going to be. And then that's another question. What if he got married in secret somewhere else? Is it at 12 o'clock that night or at dawn the next day, would she just blow up? Cause, it would be yeah. sunrise the next morning. His whole family just explodes <laughs> out. What the? <laughs> Some bastard got fucking married. Yeah. <laughs> that must be hard to keep traps on the... I wonder, I'm assuming that's why they were so scared about him being gone for two years. Was there any moment he could marry someone yeah, and then any go. morning he could wake up dead? That, that makes sense. I never thought of that, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> Until now. Uh, right, Chris, nominations. Uh, I agree with you with Best Actress. I, I've gone for Best Jump Scare. Uh, <laughs> when the first maid gets killed, like, uh, I nearly pissed myself. I wasn't like, I watched the trailer and knew like, what the film was about, but that fucking shot came out of nowhere. <laughs> That's uh, why it, it comes out, it comes from out of sight, like you're not expecting yeah. it to come out that way. Yeah. Also, um, I meant to do this like in the film Jaws ages ago, but I'm going to add a jump scare for that. <laughs> you know, when the head comes out of the, the boat, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we yeah. definitely discussed it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah I wasn't sure one. if it added uh, to the we nominations. Had, we had not invented the category, but it was okay. We have now. I'm adding that one now. My best death was um, Annie McDowell getting her head caved in by Grace. I thought that was great. Like, <laughs> I mean, I did get, I did enjoy it because I'd have to hear her acting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I agree with the best uh, twist, uh, Alex. His heel turn, and my I've gone for best plan is Fitch using the internet to learn how to use a crossbow. <laughs> like you wouldn't kill anyone by accident, would you? Yep, definitely going with that for the best plan. Good answer. Yeah, Andy, any others? Right, biggest bell end award. Oh, that little kid just coming into the barn and shooting the hand off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, reason given, everyone was doing it. <laughs> yes, so he's definitely the biggest bell end. Uh, worst plans kind of connected to the barn. They've obviously killed a lot of people randomly, not for this game, and just dumped them in the barn hole. You reckon? So, yeah, because there was lots that, of dead bodies down there. instantly. But one of the dead bodies was her husband from way back when. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like 30 years ago. He's been down there. So, so it's not even like hidden, buried. It's just literally dumped down. So if the police ever come for a wee random investigation, fucked. Game over. Uh, so yeah, I'm adding that to the worst plan. Michael Pena award. He almost gets it for explaining the box, but he didn't go far enough. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll give him. I'll give him explaining just so we get more shit in that category. <laughs> and uh, that's about it. There's nothing else. I'm out. Yeah, a lot didn't fit. Like best stunt, I don't know the nah. sets. It was, it was a giant mansion. All the sets came yep. the same. It's like there was no cops in it. So yeah, I kind of struggled with the 
excuse me, some of the nominations. Uh, we'll crack on to point number nine, the moral of the story. What is the lesson of Ready or Not? Andy, we'll start with you. Don't get married. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> the three words I've got written down, yeah, don't get married, it's fine. <laughs> Chris? So, I was going to do that, but it seemed too obvious. But So I went through, always do a thorough background check on your partner, <laughs> just in case you're in murderous nutters. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> don't, literally, don't get married. Uh, cool, that was easy. Uh, on to the rating then. Point 10. Our rating out of 10 for the film. Uh, unless you... Uh, I'll, I'll make Andy go last. I had it as alphabetical order the other way, but we'll go with Chris first this time. We'll reverse that. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I like dark humour and the gore and that was awesome. Like, uh, Apart from Andy McDowell, I wouldn't say there was like a, a bad performance from anybody. Um. Like I've eight films and if I watch them again and I'll definitely I'll definitely watch this again. So I'm gonna give it an eight. Eight? My goodness. Yeah, that was a great, that was a great film. Jesus. Like asking a few things. Uh, I I liked it, I remember it, I will probably watch it again, but it's it's missing something. There's something just not I don't know what it is, I can't put my finger on it. There's no X factor to it. It's very similar to Get Out, it's very similar to other kind of fancy Ah, uh, see of, I watched this before I watched Get Out, that's yeah. why. I, I might have lowered it a bit if I'd seen uh, that first. So I had it as a four, but I think it's a five. I, 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 well, my second, I did watch it twice this week. No, I don't always watch every film twice. I watched this one twice. Second viewing, because I kind of knew a bit more about it, I was looking for it. So I, it got up to a five, but I can't get higher than that. Uh, Andy, I feel like you're gonna, not going to give this an eight or a five. But that's right. I'm not giving it anywhere close to what Chris is giving it. No. Uh, I, I, I went into this film expecting something good. I was enjoying it, like I said, and then it just never went anywhere. I wanted more supernatural shit, more explanation. Everything else in this film I've seen better done. Even Babysitter, which Samara Weaving's in, and I'm pretty sure was like the year before, is better than this. Uh, but shit, too. <laughs> uh, cool, that's a nice round number. That's an official 10 point podcast rating of a 5, is what that gets. <laughs> Despite you giving it a 2 and you give it an 8. Even out <laughs> to 5. Another one of our smack dab, bang average in the middle films. A strange one. I feel like this is what we're going to get when it comes to the listener picks. Is something that all three of us are maybe going to have very different opinions yes. on here with this, um, especially if not seen. I gen- generally, if I'd seen this before, it would have been a one, but I got a two because I was interested. It just never went anywhere. Yeah. I, I, yeah at the same, it's tough. At times, it feels like nothing's happening for a while, but at the same time, that's it's when they're explaining stuff, and, and there's just it's just not quite yeah. where it could be. Mm. I wonder if I wonder if they could make a sequel. What they would do with it, I'm not sure. Uh, it might More be hiding there. and seeking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no theme guess for that because it was a listener pick. Uh, thank you again to Rachel. Um, also, I have a guess my... a theme because all um, Honey Shrunk the Kid and that there's dysfunctional families. So ah, far, very dysfunctional. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's most, yeah. This doesn't fit into my theme, just so you're not aware. Oh, I forgot about your theme. It doesn't fit into... Yes, could do, if I wanted to be really vague with it, but no, it doesn't really fit into my theme. Not even connected to my theme. But that's uh, that's uh, we could maybe do that for the list of ones. Can we tie them all together one way or another? But yeah, dysfunctional families so far. Uh, on to the next one, which will definitely be part of a theme because he just loves talking about it. Chris, you're selecting for next week, following up yes. on... What did you pick first time round? I've forgotten. District 9. District 9. He's followed it up with his pick. I was going to tweak my theme, but you said the one I was going to tweak it to in District 9, and I've already said no to it, so I can't do it. And he's going to beat a fucking banger of an eight here. Can he beat this? Uh, I'm going to say no. 
I'm all I'm gonna say is it's time. I've threatened this film since before we started the podcast, and it's, it's Howard the Duck. It is Howard the Duck. This was the film that Chris wanted to do as part of the deal of agreeing to do the podcast. Was can we do Howard the Duck? Uh, okay. I've this before we started, and it's finally happening. I see. You definitely watched the What's F episode two and went, "Fuck, I'm doing Howard the Duck now." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how his little mind worked. Yeah. Spread the word around. If you liked Howard the Duck and what if, then watch the film. Howard the Duck. Uh, uh, find that, if you can, uh, in the next seven days uh, and come back. And join <laughs> us again on YouTube, on your podcast apps, on the 10 Point Podcast.